All right, we are live now. Welcome to <laughs> Welcome to the 2022 World Cup podcast or is it the World Cup podcast 2020 World Cup 2022 podcast. There it is. Obviously we're not officially licensed, so it is the WC 2022 podcast, but welcome. I am your host Owen and I am alongside I think I'm Josh, but I'm confused now after that intro. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, man. You should probably go by your middle name for the rest of this because, you know, we just, we're, we're mixing everything up. Killian. Uh, still waiting to hear back from Kerr's Light on that sponsorship deal. You know, we're we're hoping to, we're really hoping to have either Matthew McConaughey or Prince William uh, on the podcast to talk about the final for our, our last episode. Uh, so, you know, those invitations are out there. We're hopeful. We're hopeful that, that one or both will be on here. So I don't know who you've sent invitations to, Josh, but really would like to have one of those two at least. Yeah, they'll supersede mine. Okay. Or maybe we'll try to get Kazi back. He's a hard get, though. In this busy man. Anyway. Busy, busy man. All right, so we have our final slate. We How about, about those this. semis? We wanted the Cinderellas. Man, uh, yeah. I mean, we wanted our Cinderella. I, I, I desperately wanted a Croatia-Morocco final. I thought it just would have been hectic as all get out and so fun. But I think both of us said that we felt like our heads at least were saying it was going to be Argentina-France in this final. And it is Argentina-France in this final. You know, the interesting thing about both these games, though, is, and, and I've sort of observed this throughout the tournament, the teams that soaked up the pressure in these semifinal games are the teams that won. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to, we, we'll, we'll dive into these games a little bit, but I'm just going to, these stat lines are, are really interesting. So Argentina, 39% possession, 61 to Croatia. And then in the France-Morocco game today, it was 62-38, so almost identical almost identical. Uh, I will say the Argentina game, I think I think Croatia had fewer clear-cut chances, but it was it wasn't quite as expansive as the game that we that we saw today. Uh, but yeah, really interesting. The teams that sat back and kind of soaked up the pressure and and then looked to break were the ones that were more successful. So, we're used to seeing France dominate people and we're used to seeing Argentina dominate people and just sort of impose themselves and, and neither of these teams did that. Yeah, they they definitely did in front of goal where it mattered, but you're right as far as the play. And I don't think we can gloss over how great these two semifinal games were. I mean, if you're not used so to good. watching football, um, they were phenomenal, phenomenal matches. Uh, you couldn't really, you couldn't ask for much better uh, out of those two games. No, you couldn't. I mean, the Croatia game, I know it ended 3-0. Croatia-Argentina, I just, you know, it wasn't, it never really felt over. Like, I didn't give up on watching it until, and I still watched the entire thing, but I didn't give up on watching it until the 80th, 85th minute, because I still felt like there was something that was there uh, or something that could be taken. I mean, we saw Argentina surrender a 2-0 lead against the Netherlands in, in the quarterfinal round. And that happened in the span of like nine minutes. So mm-hmm. it wasn't impossible that it could have happened in this game. 
that third goal did make it a lot harder. And you could see, I think the Croatian players are pretty dejected at that point. But um, yeah, it was, it, they were both fantastic games to your point. And, and they were really, they were difficult to stop watching. They were really difficult to stop watching. <laughs> and <laughs> my kids are coming in, especially during this Argentina-Croatia game early on. Hey, Dad, can we? Nope, nope, not right now. <laughs> hey, Dad, can we? Nope, mm-mm, not doing it right now. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm not actually like that, but my kids did come in and sit and watch this one with me, uh, at least the, the latter part of it uh, when they got home from yeah. school. But, yeah. They're just such good games. They were so good, so entertaining all the way through. Yeah, the uh, I mean, my idiot leadership at work scheduled afternoon calls. You know, years ago when they weren't thinking about the Croatia or the Qatari time zone <laughs> um, when they did it. So I had to I had to endure some work calls while the game was on in the background um, for for at least part of the game, but got to actually focus on a good chunk of them too so uh yeah or i think yesterday i had the game paused for a good while and um just caught up later but i mean yeah i can't really get over it just they were great so let's dive into this croatia argentina game first because this is probably of the two games the one that i have more thoughts around um i think so Messi, obviously the penalty, it's a penalty. I, I don't have any I don't have any doubt. It's a one hundred percent a penalty. Uh, good call there. He rocketed the absolute bejesus out of that ball. I mean, it was unreal. He took absolutely no chances and he took absolutely no Harry Canes and he put it into the upper ninety, just drilled it into the roof of the net. So absolutely incredibly taken penalty and then that counter directly after i mean it was Mm -hmm. five minutes later by by julian alvarez was a comedy of errors by the croatian (laughs) midfield and defense Uh uh-huh so i mean it was like it was like an angel grabbed that ball and carried it through for him because the croatian defenders just kept kicking the ball off of him Mm -hmm. and he ended up with it and and tapped it beyond so I think by the time it even got there, Lavakovic was kind of surprised that he still had possession of the ball. I think this mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of caught him off guard in some respects. But yeah, I mean, to in a World Cup semifinal, to have five minutes go by and you're down two goals is just brutal. It's just brutal. Uh, so I felt for the Croatians. But one of the things I did notice in this game, and there were several opportunities that Argentina didn't take, but I'd be interested in your take on this. I don't know if you saw it during his time with Liverpool, but Dan Lovren, and I noticed this in Croatia's last game too, he was playing a deeper spot in the line for some reason, and he held Argentinian players on side in multiple instances in this game. And he did the same thing in the quarterfinal round where he was a good 5, 10 yards behind that. I don't know if he's worried about the pace. I don't know if he just doesn't think he has the legs anymore. But... Um, it, it was a little bit frustrating because they really could have been punished in a couple of those instances. And there was one where I thought, oh, well, Messi is, you know, 10 yards offside. And then they zoom out and Lovren's keeping him on because he's way back behind. So, you know, as, as well as Croatia has done in this tournament, uh, it, it's worth noting that they never led 
well, what what was the stat? They led for like 22 minutes in the tournament, and it was against Canada. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they never led in this tournament, and their defense really let them down in a lot of respects. Guardiol was fantastic, but he's a 20-year-old kid. So Lovren is supposed to be the guy that is out there leading that back line, and, and he just, I thought from a, from a, a high line and an offside standpoint, he really let his team down in a couple of instances. And then Guardiol got embarrassed in this game, unfortunately. He's been exceptional throughout, and I don't blame him, but he just got absolutely torched on multiple occasions. Um, you know, I was texting you during the game. I said Messi put on a couple of different dribbling clinics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and for all the talk that we've had about Mbappe, it was like Messi said, nah, I still got it. <laughs> And he just he torched some people. It was it was it was fun to watch, but yeah, yeah that Croatian back line was was underwhelming. It hurt them a couple of times. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to remember back to Lovren at Liverpool. I do think there were instances where he would try and be the last defender um, for that for that offside trap. And I wonder um, I wonder if he was trying to do that, but because of the. Uh, national team nature of things as opposed to a club so you, you don't have as much experience he was just giving himself extra room um to make sure that uh he's actually the last defender um maybe less comfortable or confident in where his teammates are uh and or maybe it's something else maybe it's just i mean he's he was very gaff prone at liverpool so maybe he's just to add a position in those instances. Maybe it's maybe it was intentional, like you said, about concerns on speed and, and catching up if he's um, if he's caught behind. So I don't, I don't know what could have been driving it, um, but um, it could have been a number of things. Yeah, and certainly didn't uh, didn't help things. I don't think for for him to be where he was. No, it didn't, and. You know he wasn't bad um, throughout the tournament. I thought this was a this was a rough game for all of them, unfortunately. Um, you know Sosa, who I thought got too much criticism. I, I don't I don't know if it was warranted. I, I heard Landon Donovan. I think it was Landon Donovan. Maybe it was Stu Holden talking about how you know Argentina is going to go down this this left side of Croatia because Sosa is their weakest defender. I thought that was a little unfair. I thought he had a pretty good tournament. <clears throat> um and and really Juranovic Uran- was the poor defender although he was getting forward more effectively on the right side. And Sosa did have a rough game though. He did have a really rough game in this one. And you know, part of that is you're just you're playing against Messi. I mean, Guardiola right. had a rough game too and that's messy side of the field. So, well, I mean, what what really can you do? I don't. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, he is he is the best player of all time, and it's it's just it's tough. Yeah, I, I choose to focus on um, Messi's excellence as opposed to uh, the defenders being beat. Um, boy, boy, was it fun to watch. I mean, hmm. I thought you know a decade ago, and back when I was in college, like I'm. I am blessed to be able to watch this person play soccer. Uh-huh. Like it's, it's uh-huh. just amazing to see and for it to be still going on um, at the level he's well, playing is it's unreal. He, and he's so good without the pomp and circumstance. That's one thing I've always kind of 
disliked about Cristiano Ronaldo. He's exceptional. Cristiano Ronaldo is exceptional. Mm-hmm. Um, but Messi has always, I, f- I have felt like he's always gone about his business a little bit quieter, <laughs> mm-hmm. which means that his net worth is lower, but he's just way more fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. And, and he so doesn't have I, he doesn't have as many uh, ugly statues of him around around the world. <laughs> yeah, Ronaldo's statues are so bad. If you have not seen his <laughs> statues, you really need to Google it because it's it's terrible. They're they're, they're kind of like jokes. Oh, yeah, I mean they have to be jokes. I hope to God they're jokes, um, or they're like you know the intern bronze caster is trying out his first thing and he wants to do Cristiano Ronaldo. They just look silly. Yeah, um, if you've it ever, if you, a, it reminds me of a well, bad cake I saw of the Ravens logo once, and it was like, ah, it's just terrible. So yeah, yeah, that's what they all look like. I was thinking about how when you like go to the beach and there's the person who's uh, painting pictures of people or couples or whatever, and they like intentionally give them like the huge teeth yeah. or yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. their foreheads like the entire picture basically or just whatever they yeah the, those those castings of. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo are, are basically, yes, sculptures of that. So I remember there was a big, big kind of joke that went on through kind of the, the ranks at Newcastle years and years ago when one of these came out because we had a striker named Peter Lovenkrantz who was kind of a, a little bit of a stopgap, kind of a second, third string when he was with Newcastle. But one of these came out and <laughs> it looked just like Peter Lovenkrantz. It looked nothing like Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> and so, you know, it's like this thing with Newcastle fans talking about, oh my gosh, he's such a legend. Uh, I think we were even playing in the championship at the time. So just completely irrelevant player, you know, on, on, <laughs> on any kind of big stage. So yeah, it's, it's funny to see those. I do want to talk about some of these other players though. And how immense some of them were. So Messi, obviously. And the last thing I'm going to say about him is the third goal is the goal to watch because it is everything that is incredible about Lionel Messi. He picked the ball up at midfield and beat, I think, four people on his way. He wrong-footed Guardiol three or four times in just this run. I mean, Mm. I'm surprised the kid kept his feet. He should have been on his butt, you know, 10 yards away from the 18 yards. So hats off to him for keeping his feet, but it was absolutely filthy. He just went through a bunch of people, picked it up at midfield, dribbled it the entire way, put it right back on the penalty spots for, or for uh, Alvarez to tap it in. And it was, it was incredible. It was incredible. Yeah. So that's the, uh, the goal to watch. Yep. The image I think I used at the beginning of the, the tournament was it's like, there's a string between uh, the ball and his feet and the way he dribbles is just unreal. It's so great to watch. I was reminded of this. So somebody was saying that, you know, so Ronaldinho, if you aren't, if listeners aren't familiar with who that is, he's, he was actually on camera several times during this game and the Brazil game, but Brazilian legend, he introduced himself at a, at a world cup and got his big transfer to Barcelona by scoring a free kick. He caught the England defense kind of, not paying attention and drilled it from it must have been 45 yards and of course this is the memory of like i don't know how old i was maybe 10 but uh it it was like 45 yards out he drilled it over david seaman who could not get back far enough to to get you know david seaman his stupid ponytail i hate that guy but um he introduced himself at a world cup and i was i was reminded of a quote 
where Ronaldinho was asked about Messi when he got his first contract with Barcelona at like 16 years old. And, and Ronaldinho said, uh, well, this is the person that's going to take my job from me. So he knew when this kid was a teenager mm-hmm. that he was going to take this job. And, and Ronaldinho, I think Ronaldinho was probably the best dribbler maybe ever. Uh, yeah. He was exceptional. Yeah. But I, so I think that different. Yeah. Ronaldinho's dribbling is maybe more flashy. I feel like, I feel like there were oftentimes he would dribble and it wasn't like productive. Like he would do an amazing thing, but then still be in the same position he was just in. Um, whereas Messi's it's like dribbling... watching Saint Maximin. It's like watching Alan Saint Maximin for Newcastle. He he dribbles and dribbles and dribbles, and then it's like, oh, but what happened? Why? But what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, going, more more uh, style points maybe because I feel like Saint Maximin like keeps the ball well, but he doesn't like. I mean, Ronaldinho like does such fun things with the ball. Like, it's great to watch. Oh God, he's just but. <laughs> Um, but Messi, like he, it's super productive. Like he's getting into, I mean, he's getting past people. He's getting in positions to shoot or to, uh, to pass and get assists. It's just, um, super. Yeah. It always felt like it's always felt like Ronaldinho was a player that was playing the man and Messi is, is the, is the player that's playing the, the field and playing the game. Like he, he dribbles with purpose and he puts himself into really solid positions. I was actually, I was thinking about this story. Uh, this week with all the Ronaldinho talk. Um, so my, I, I used to work for a certain fruit retailer uh, and the day that they released the iPhone, I mean their first smartphone. Uh, I sold iPhones to Dave Chappelle and Ronaldinho same day. Get out of here. You haven't told and me this. And Dave Chappelle so Dave Chappelle walks up, and of course, like you know, you have a line of like a thousand people, right? And Dave Chappelle walks in with his security, and gets the star treatment, right? So they usher him to the back, and it's like they're trying to keep everybody away from him. And there's like five, or, I mean, I sold him his first time. There was like six of us standing around Dave Chappelle talking to him when he's buying this iPhone. So uh, I don't even know if I was the one that actually rung him up, but but I think Ronaldinho saw this happen because he was shopping in the same mall. And he decides, well, I, I I want one, and you know, I just Dave Chappelle just walked in there. I'm I'm Ronaldinho, and you know, he was like, he was at the height. Although I think he was on his way out in 2007, but he was at the height of like Barcelona stardom at this point. Mm-hmm. And he tries to come in the store, and my manager <laughs> tells him to go get in line. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, oh. I was like, that's that's Ronaldinho. He goes, what's a Ronaldinho? I was like, that's. <laughs> Come on, America! It's Ronaldinho! So I had to go over to a computer because, again, this was the day that the iPhone launched, so you don't pull your phone out and pull up highlight videos. You had to go to a freaking computer. And I pulled up, you know, Ronaldinho and and, and his silly teeth. <laughs> yep. And uh, and sure enough, you know, they were able to usher him in and get him one. He spoke basically no English, but he was the nicest dude ever, just laughing. Uh, yes, yeah. a thick iPhone, yes. But it's uh, yeah. I assume before he blew all his money and became uh, bankrupt. But well, I'm sure story. this was in the process of blowing all of his money. <laughs> uh, but some of these other players that were really, really solid in this game. So DePaul was uh, was amazing. 
mm-hmm. I I have seen him play before. He plays for Atletico Madrid, and and I you know he's he's very good. But he was incredible in this game. He owned this game. And the other player that that really owned this game was McAllister, who this is a young young kid, and he's he's playing for Brighton and Hove Albion, which. You know, knock on wood, that means good things for Newcastle's future because the guy that recruited all these really young, exceptional players for Brighton and Hove Albion is now our technical director at, at Newcastle. But McAllister's 21, and he was everywhere, drawing fouls and defending well, and just, he was incredible. He was incredible in this game, and he's been really, really good throughout this tournament. So excited to see this team go up against uh, what will probably be their hardest test as it should be in the final that's one thing you don't want to see in a final as a is a 5-0 blowout uh, so yeah some some incredible play yeah there's yeah to your point there's occasions in tournaments where you look at like a semi-final matchup and you basically view it as the final because whoever wins that game is gonna win the, the final you just like they're they're clearly yep. better than the other semi-final matchup but that's not the case here this should be uh it should be a fantastic matchup for the final. Let's hope both yep. teams show up and, and play great games, just like the semis. Yeah. So the France-Morocco game, this was one of those... We talked in our last episode about how there was a little bit of a bug potentially going around in the French team. I think we talked about that in our last episode. I remember that. Yeah, so they they did have to sit a couple of players, um, <clears throat> which, you know didn't end up hurting them that badly. They had to sit Rabio, who we talked about has been really good this tournament, but had a little bit of a rough game last game. So Rabio had to sit. Chouameni played the whole game. Koundé, Veron, uh, they both played. But Kanate was in instead of Makano. So they did have to make a couple of changes here that, um, that you know, potentially could have impacted them in a big way. I think Morocco... Morocco played their hearts out and you know it's it's sad to see them go home because unlike we saw in the Argentina Croatia game I felt like Morocco really really had some some opportunities and they had several really good opportunities to to kind of go ahead or or take this game over <clears throat> but they just they couldn't get it done so France you know they're just incredible when they have the opportunities, just like Argentina, they're going to bury them. And I saw an image on Twitter earlier today of Mbappe. He had, I think five or six Moroccan defenders around him. So Mm -hmm. in the 79th minute goal for Randall Moani, he basically just lucked out off of a deflection from Mbappe going through what felt like the entire Moroccan team and then taking a shot and it coming off of one of their calves and basically landing it at Moani's feet. So it, it you know, it was it was a fun game to watch because Mbappe was was showing out a little bit more than than he has in the last couple of games. Um but yeah, it's this French team is really, really good. And I love seeing Giroud uh, in yep. in the same fashion that he he should because he's beautiful. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but he had like three or four misses, and every single time he pulled his shirt up over his head so that everybody could see his six pack. And uh, you know, 
Why not? You're Olivier Giroud. <laughs> yeah. Um, no further comment, I think. But I'll <laughs> I'll say since he's a Liverpool player that I have some uh, Konate stat, stats from today. Um, Ooh. Yeah. So uh, after today's game, he's on an average of 6.9 tackles plus interceptions per 90 minutes at this World Cup, of which is the most of any player with three or more starts. So doing phenomenal there, um, involved in the defending. And then from just today's game, uh, 92% pass accuracy, one key pass, four final third passes. Um, what else here? 100% aerials, duels one, zero times dribbled passed. So he had a phenomenal game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, France France really had to repel Moroccan attacks for, for large portions of this. And this game was a lot more open, I thought, than the Argentina-Croatia. There was a lot of just possession in the Argentina-Croatia game. Uh, this was a lot more end-to-end. And so, you know, France really had to be on their game. To, you know, Teo Hernandez, I was very critical of him last game. He came up with the goal here. Um that doesn't speak to his defensive performance, but he's always been effective running at least and getting into, into positions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Lloris had to make a few big saves here too. I mean, he did, there was a, so and Nezri had a, I think it was Nezri, but he had a, a bike that it, at first blush looked like it came off the post, but it, it, Lloris actually got a hand on it and, you know, he had a couple of instances like that, that that he really had to come up and make big saves. And, you know, Larissa isn't a young man anymore. And, you know, to see him performing as well as he has been at this tournament, he's 35. So, you know, he hasn't been quite himself for Tottenham, I don't think, in the last couple of years. He's still been solid, but yeah. he's been a top 10 keeper and not a top three keeper like he traditionally was. Uh, in yeah. this tournament, I think he's been... Uh, top three keeper. I mean, Lavakovic had some incredible heroics, and Martinez for Argentina has been phenomenal as well. Right. But yeah, Lloris made some big saves here. Yeah, and so he had that really bad injury for um, Tottenham. That's right. Yep. He like fell funny on his elbow. It, yeah, it was ugly to watch. So I don't know if that's affected him, but yeah, he's been he's been great this tournament. Um, not. I don't. I, they haven't been in situations where he's needed to make the the penalty saves that some of the you know heroic keepers have done this tournament. But as as far right. as um, the open play stuff, he's been he's been very solid. Yeah. Has he even had to face a penalty this tournament? Uh, I, can't, I can't remember. None one, come but to maybe mind. There was. But yeah, it's it's fun to see some of these kind of mainstay. I know we saw like you know Ronaldo, Portugal was better with him off the field. Uh, I, <laughs> Lewandowski was trying to exercise demons early in this tournament, and I it still wasn't sorry. enough for Poland. But yeah, I don't know why I'm I'm missing this, but um, I mean Harry Kane was in the his penalties were in the England game, right? Or the England France game, right? So. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whoops. That's right. He faced two in that game. Whoa, Oops. Hi. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which which it is worth noting that of course, and I think we talked about this, but Hugo Lloris is is the captain of the Tottenham team that Harry Kane uh-huh. plays on. So yeah, so mind games there for sure. 
but yeah so he uh didn't save the first one and also didn't save the second one but the second yeah. one was unsavable really that's the yes it was the second <laughs> one you would have had to be an astronaut to save that one mm-hmm. I, I think i said this but my five-year-old kept yelling over daddy daddy that ball's on the moon <laughs> yep. he kicked that to the moon oh man he's fantastic i love that character <laughs> Yeah, that ball's on the moon, Daddy. So yes, it probably is on the moon, son. But uh, yeah, so I guess Larry's hasn't had a penalty save or really, really had to. He hasn't had to do a penalty shootout, certainly. But yeah, um, but he's been great. He's been great, and you know he's a leader. So that's that's never in question. If you're, you know, Harry Kane is he's the acting captain for England and has been for a long time, and Hugo Lloris is is the captain of of Harry Kane's club team. So. You see, kind of some of those natural things, uh, natural leadership traits come out, and uh, and Larice has really kind of galvanized what is a really young French team that doesn't have uh, kind of the same the same experience that they had in the previous World Cup. So uh, it's it's been yeah. fun to see. I, and I just I, I'm going to say this about Griezmann real quick. I, when I've talked about him before, you know, I I didn't really appreciate Griezmann very much over the last six years because I felt like he really wanted, like he whined a lot at Atletico Madrid, wanted to go play with Messi at Barcelona, wanted to play with Neymar, thought he was in the same kind of category as them. But in the last couple of years, this guy has owned who he is and it's meant a lot to this French team in this tournament. Yeah. I don't think, uh, I don't think the same praise has been uh, warranted uh, up until, I mean, I think I think that he's playing the best he's ever played. I don't. I don't think he's ever. I have um, to agree. Been more solid than at this tournament. Um, I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's tied to recent form. But yeah, I, he's he's a much better player than the one of of a few years ago. Yeah, and I think you know it's interesting the way that France is choosing. So you know we talked about kind of the in vogue formations. What's the popular thing to do right now? And the four three three is is the the formation. Mm-hmm. If you rewind to you know the twenty fourteen World Cup, everybody ran a five four one, and so you know Morocco came out in this game with a five four one, but France has been really kind of weird. Like they've almost had a, a, so their formation is listed as a four-two-three-one, and really, whenever they have possession, it shifts into kind of a three-three-three-one. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of a strange thing, but what that's allowed Griezmann to do is he basically has free license as not just a number ten. So a traditional number 10 is is an attacking minded midfielder. Uh but he's almost like a he's almost like a number 10 mixed with a false 9. So, you know, the false 9 being a striker that is playing centrally but isn't the primary goal scorer. So you see that at club level with somebody like Bobby Firmino, but um you know, for for Liverpool, Bobby Firmino might have eight goals in a season, but then Salah and Mane last year had like 20 a piece. So mm-hmm. you you sort of see that with Griezmann here, which is weird because Giroud is still the central forward. So France's formation yeah. in this tournament has been really weird, but I think what it's allowed Griezmann to do is basically just he I mean he just he does what he wants, which has played 
has played really well for him because he's been a lot more disciplined and hasn't been trying to just dribble past people. Yeah, he's uh he's been having some phenomenal games. And going back, uh, you mentioned this France team being young. How wild is it that Mbappe is not yet twenty four? He's still twenty three years crazy. old. <laughs> I think. I want to say I saw a stat today that he's uh, got the most World Cup goals of someone who hasn't turned 24 yet. Um, I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're gonna see, we're gonna see the greatest player ever, Messi, against um, arguably the current best player. But I mean, will be the best player, and um, as soon as Messi retires, if <laughs> if there's any argument in in Mbappe, so. Um, Definitely going to be, I mean, it's going to be Messi's last World Cup. Uh, Mbappe's got how many more ahead of him if he's 23 now? I mean, certainly one, as long as they qualify. Um, yep. Certainly two. Well, and they will, because as... there's more teams. If France doesn't qualify with a field of 48, <laughs> then they should just pack their bags and, and shut down shop. Yeah. It's been a it's um, been a bad go, if, uh, if so. Um, yeah. Ge- I mean, he, geopolitically, gonna... Russia has been very aggressive if France is not in the uh, 2026 <laughs> World Cup. Um, yeah, he, he's he's going to do what Ronaldo and Messi have done. He's going to be in five tournaments. Yeah. Now, what he, I think, might also do is win the Golden Boot at multiple tournaments, which neither of those guys have done. Yeah. And, and he might win multiple World Cups, which obviously neither of those guys have done. So... So, Owen, um, do you have any other thoughts on today's game before we uh, before we start to wrap up? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, the fun thing about this, not bringing Paul Pogba and N'Golo Kante, you've gotten to see some of these younger guys. So, like, we're seeing, to your point about Mbappe, we're seeing players that are going to be at the next two, three, maybe four World Cups. Uh, and especially in some of these defenders, you know, defenders typically have a, a longer shelf life, especially at the international level, because you want that continuity. So somebody like a, a Jules Kunde, who's been heralded as this, the, you know, the next very good ball playing uh, French defender, uh, is he's in this team. He's playing it right back. He's typically a central defender, but he can kind of play across that back line. Plays for Barcelona only 24 years old, which for a defender is like being an 18-year-old. So, you know, you're seeing these guys. Fafana is another one. Uh, Chuameni is another one. Kamavinga, who's only made a couple of cameos I'm a little disappointed about. Uh, I thought he would have gotten the start without um, without Rabio in today, but I'm a huge fan of Kamavinga. If you've seen him play for Real Madrid at all, when he comes on, he just bosses people, and he's not afraid of anything. And so it's fun to see some of these young players that you're going to get to see over and over again because it breeds some of that familiarity, and I think it's really important for uh, U.S. fans especially to get familiar with some of these names because you're going to see the same players again, and that's that's fun. That's a big deal. You get to see you know, the same players at the, at the next tournament. So, yeah, that'd be that'd probably be my last thought on this game is just enjoy it because – you know, you're you're gonna see a lot of these guys again. I don't think you'll see Hugo Lloris again, unfortunately. But you'll probably see Kanate, Veron, Kunde, Hernandez, Fafana, Chuamini, Dembele, maybe Griezmann, Mbappe, probably not Giroud. So you'll see 
nine of the 11 starters for the French team today at the next World, World Cup, provided everything goes well with injury and, uh, and, and playing careers. Yeah, if I want to see Giroud, I'll just uh, unlock my phone and look at my background. <laughs> don't even unlock it. It's it's the lock screen. <laughs> you don't even have to unlock it. It's Giroud with his jersey over his – or no, it's there was one today, which this should be your lock screen, Josh, where he was biting his jersey. So you could see the abs and the face. That is peak Giroud. Yeah. I can't make up my mind where to look. <laughs> abs face, abs face. Ah! <laughs> Gosh, I know we joke about Giroud, but man, he's also just a good dude. That's the part that's like really funny. It's like when you, whenever you see him after the games, he's not the guy that's going for glory and and wants all the FaceTime with reporters. He's like, he's like the classic guy that's. It's like photo bombing the other interviews and like, oh, he is the best player ever. You know, that's 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 Drew. It's not he's not going for himself, which is <laughs> which is pretty cool. I, I love the guy. Yeah, I love the guy. Anyway, please respond to my messages, Drew. <laughs> Thank you, Olivier. I named my son after you, so um, yeah. So. It, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll talk. I think we're gonna do we'll we'll do another episode uh, before uh, before the final to kind of dive into what to look for in that game and and how some of the things may play out there. But yeah, it's it's gonna be fun. This is this is two heavyweights. This is two significant significant teams. Sad to see how gassed Croatia looked, but you know we got to the last yeah. final in 2018 and Croatia looked like they did in yesterday's game. And so I'm glad we don't have that because France beat up on them in that final. Uh, I don't think we're going to have a situation where one team just gets blown out, but we'll, we'll get further into that later this week. Absolutely. It's been a fun ride. Oh, it's been fantastic. And just, just think, I mean, four years from now, not even three and a half years from now, it's going to be on, on home soil. So that to yeah. me is the exciting part. It's going to be absolutely incredible. Hopefully, all home soil. Hopefully, the United States and Mexico and Canada have just set aside our differences uh, and united we together. We the people, in order to form a more perfect union. Listen, it's a uh, it's way easier to build a wall across the bottom of Mexico than across the top. That's true. It's so a lot smaller. It's it's. It's way smaller. Do they still so have to pay could, for it, though? Uh, if they are us, then I guess so. I guess kind of. <laughs> if we if we just become the uh, the northern states of America, the northern states. Well, uh, that'd be Canada. We're the central states of America. No, we'd have to. We'd oh, you're talking about all yeah. Just together. Let's just call ourselves North America, and the yeah. Caribbean can go be part of South America. So, Greenland can come too. Greenland can join us. We'll take. I'd actually. We'll take Greenland. Yeah, yeah. We'll buy it from Denmark, <laughs> and we'll make them pay for it. <laughs> exactly. That's what we need to do. All righty. Well, before we go any further, uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, it's been a real pleasure doing this and going through this tournament. And you know, Josh and I are going to talk about this anyway, and so we love being able to to get on here and, and record our dumb voices uh, 
and we and we love hearing from you all. So if you want to uh, reach out, we're happy to to have that. That's been fun too. Yes, that has been fun. So again, our Twitter is at WC twenty twenty two podcast. Uh, so you can you can find us on there. And uh, this episode tonight was brought by brought to you by Homekeeper, simplifying home maintenance for busy homeowners, and that is thehkapp.com, T-H-E-H-K-A-P-P.com. Josh? Yep, also sponsored, also sponsored by Apple and the iPhone 1. So <laughs> glad we could get a plug-in. It, it was just called the iPhone, actually. <laughs> so, so glad we got yeah. a plug-in for them. Yes, exactly. Well, we just called it a certain fruit company, but then I think we said Apple like 19 times after that, so... Um, if you can't find us on Apple Podcasts tomorrow, that's that's why. Look for us on Spotify. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Absolutely. Well, a good night to all and to all a good night. Josh, thanks for hopping on, and we will catch you all in a couple days. Yeah. Happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays.